Greetings and welcome to Inside Baseball with Old Chestnut. I'm Liam Allen with Morris Sachs. How you doing, buddy? I'm all fired up now. You got, yeah. the twe- you got the tweezer? I feel like we're back in Madison Square Garden. You know, that's the closing song for so many concerts that you and I have enjoyed. And if we're not going to use them for entrance music from here on out, that is the appropriate closing encore song. So, uh, yeah, maybe someday we'll see them again live in person. I'm predicting that uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here. Okay. We're going to see him on a Christmas run in the garden this December. 2021. Yeah. Yep. All right. I'll, uh, I, I hope you're right. I really do. Uh, but I agree with you. I think, I think you're, I think it's realistic. I, life is going to be a new normal, but there's going to be some things and those poor, those four poor kids all locked up at home. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> let me, that raises another question. Will, if there is a new year's run. Okay. Now, I know this is a touchy subject for you because some, some yes. new year's runs have come and gone without you in attendance. Yes. You'll physically. be in a, physically, physically in attendance, right? Will you be, how many nights, if they do four nights, how many nights do you go? I go three out of four. I, I, okay. I can't, um, okay. a couple of reasons. First and foremost, uh, I want to spend New Year's Eve with my wife. Yep. And she doesn't just dislike fish. She, she has a visceral hate for them. <laughs> uh, that's number one. Number two, uh, as fit as I like to think I am, okay, Three nights in a row of fish at the garden is so physically demanding. Um, we were, I, I think it might have been the last Christmas run I was at. I had one of my kids with me and they had a friend, and it was sort of in the, the kind of the section of the second set where they're, they're kind of slowing it down before the big mm-hmm. finish. And I was just sort of crashed in my seat and the friend mm-hmm. said to my daughter is like is is your dad okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah i uh, i finished yep. strong i mm-hmm. finished strong so um no that's good to hear i i hope that they play and i hope you get to do three nights and if you get to do three nights i will make sure that i get there one night with you yeah okay? well you've got commitments at home that i i don't have right so. um all right. So, what else is going on, my man? Uh, you you're, you sound uh, you sound upbeat. There's less doom and gloom than I heard. Um, yeah. In some of the prior yeah. weeks, I'm feeling a little bit better about things. I I think I, I think that new medication the doctor prescribed is starting to kick in. <laughs> no, I I, I um, uh, you know, it's I feel like I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. And it's not a train. Yep. Okay. Um, it, it, that's just in terms of like for me, selfishly getting, you know, back out into doing things. And, uh, uh, you know, as I think we talked about last week, I got that first shot, mm-hmm. um, the Moderna. And um, I think April 7th, I get the second one. And then out of abundance of caution, lay low for a couple of weeks and uh then it's game on yeah right yeah uh, back to life yeah and we'll be back in uh i'll be back in greenwich uh the 10th and so i'm hoping uh well you're back 
you know, jamming at work full time. So I guess I'm not going to see you for bike riding. Nope. Um, no, Sunday, Sunday mornings, maybe eight, to, Sunday morning, eight to 10 is my window. So, yeah. Well, and I know you're, you're a church, so right, I, I, right, guess, exactly. I guess there's no, there, what did you call those things? Dad Watts? Yeah. Dad Watts. That's a thing. Explain yeah. it. How does that work? Uh, you have a baby, you don't ride for a year because you're tending to your newborn baby. And then when you reemerge on the cycling scene, you have the strength of two men. Apparently there's some pent up or, or new refound invigoration that supplies you with surplus Watts. Apparently. I got it. I guess, so it's, it's sort of the version of Thunderdome, two men right. enter, one man. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. That, that's what I've been told. I'm, I'm, so I'm hoping that's the case this spring. Yeah. Don't work, worry about breaking any of the rules. There aren't any. Right. Right. Exactly. I'm sorry. Um, I'm, I'm drifting. You have to get me back on track here. Okay, well, before you brought up bikes, um, let just you, you mentioned your Leadville experience, um, and you mentioned about how you might go out early, how you missed your belt, your buckle by a minute. Um, can, can you also tell the people that you were not the only one to not make that buckle? You missed it by a minute, correct? Um, if we're being precise, I missed it by forty-six seconds. And when you reached out to the race organizer to say, hey, uh, how about a little, uh, you know. How about a little one-minute grace period? Right, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, a little, they, they a little professional me, courtesy. They, they told me, <laughs> don't take so many selfies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But they didn't they also tell you there was multiple people in front of you? I have to go back and look. I know there was one guy that missed it by like five seconds. Yes. I thought you said there was almost I six people in there, front there, of there, you. There there could have been. You okay. know, I okay. There 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 could have been. I what I can tell you is at that moment, the last thing in the world I gave two shits about was that that frickin' belt buckle. <laughs> I I I talk about like this out of body experience where um I just, it's like all I could do was uh, just keep my head up. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, so um, I've, I've had a year to go through it and think about the things I did right and the things I did wrong. And um, I'm, this is, this is my last go at it because, okay. you know, three strikes and you're out mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. uh, um, I feel pretty without having put the work in yet, I feel pretty optimistic. I, I think I figured out some things, um, that, uh, I don't want to say I did wrong, but I think could augment, uh, my performance. And I'm, I'm, I'm actually pretty excited about that. I think they're all completely legal. Um, uh, but, uh, I, I think you know, it's all physiologically based. Like, I, I don't think I have to train any hard, any harder. Uh, it's just I need to be a little bit more sensitive to uh, the calorie burn and things like that. So Interesting. Yeah. You know, you, you had mentioned when you did it and uh, our friend Nate mm -hmm. uh, did it as well. I, I'm not going to – I don't remember this, so I'm not going to claim that you did this. But I think one of you guys mentioned, like, there were people on the course so thirsty and so hungry. They were picking up. That was me. They were picking up dead gel. Yeah. 
things and and hoping there was something left in them. Yeah, yeah, Morris, Morris. I picked up a Ziploc bag of pills that someone dropped on the trail. Yeah, and I said to myself, "Well, okay, <laughs> if if Morris carried this bag of pills and he dropped them, they're good for Morris. He needed them. He hadn't taken them yet. What what possibly could go wrong?" Um, but but to confirm your story, yes, I there was. Those Morton's gels, which are, you know, $8 a gel. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I saw an unopened, you know, someone had dropped them. It had fallen out of their pocket. I'm at mile 80. Okay. No, this was an unopened. Okay. okay, That's not as good a story. I thought it was a little bit like the old Western with the Texas Rangers saying he was so thirsty. He drank the water out of the the hoof print of of a horse. It may as well have been um, around mile 80 was was dark, um, but I did. I, tr- I scavenged gel and nutrition from the trail. But those pills, man, when I saw that bag of pills, I was like, um, you know, maybe this is what I need. And it's just like a, a vitamin D boost or something. I had totally rationalized and, and, and made peace with myself to eat those if I needed them. Um, oh, but you had them in reserve. Yeah, yeah, I just put them in my pocket and, and went on my merry way. Did, um, did, I, did I ever bore you with the story? So it's my first time at Leadville, and mile 80, this is the thing about Leadville, which it's not just a race like a race race. It's cruel. The, the course is cruel. So at mile 80, you hit, what is it, a one-mile climb or uh, a two-mile yeah. climb? of some ungodly percent. And the first year, it's clear I'm not going to make it, but I want to finish. So I basically have to walk my bike up this hill. And it takes about a fucking hour. And you're at altitude and in the sun, and it was hot. Mm -hmm. And at the top, it levels off. And I saw a bunch of old guys (laughs) lying (laughs) in the shade under these trees and their bikes are just strewn everywhere. And I see they're old guys. I'm sure they were no older than me, yeah. right? But yeah, I'm looking yeah, at yeah. them. And uh, one guy looks at me and he says, don't come into the shade. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> he goes, you'll never leave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I look at that and I look at the situation. I'm like, this is what the Civil War looked like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yep. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, it's, th- it's funny though that you, um, that you, that you, ha- that you're doing Leadville because let, let's, you don't enjoy mountain biking per se, do you? <laughs> I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to. Well, see, there's mountain biking with that you do, mm-hmm. and there's mountain biking that I do. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. I, I, I mean. I I, I want to say this, and hopefully it's not politically incorrect, but I do mountain biking for sissies, okay? I mean, I don't mind rocks. I don't Mm -hmm. mind a little drops. But like that crap back northeast with Mm -hmm. like the tree roots and the leaves and the shit like that, (laughs) no, I can't can't do that. Yeah, you get aggravated just talking about it. I know. But I I am – I am starting to embrace out here the mountain biking because it it is a little technical, but it's just enough technical to make me feel like I'm doing something. Yeah, but yeah. Not, not 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 so hard. So I'm I'm starting to uh, I'm starting to embrace it. 
Okay. Um, but uh, the, the the weird thing is, like, uh, why would I do this? I, I just, I. Um, you en- you enjoy the suffering. I I I I think it's it's like something that is really hard to accomplish, and I feel like uh, just committing to it and completing the process is a victory. Yeah. And then, as you've been there, uh, the events with the support of the town and the sponsors and the fans it's just it's a great it's day it's just awesome it's just it's just a great day so good um anyway uh yeah all right so uh, today's topic is you want to talk ev first you want to do decision yeah. making let's, oh, let's, well, let's do decision making first you you you're in charge here okay all right well i you know one of the things that um i i like to think of myself uh in not so much as a kind of a trader, but more of a person that makes decisions. And um, what I've noticed over the last several years is I've leaned towards readings about things that involve the military. And, you know, there's always the uh, cliche quote about Charlie Sheen in Wall Street quoting Sun Tzu, mm-hmm. The Art of War, right? So uh, before I go any further, uh, I, I have, you know, the highest respect for the people who serve in the military and defend the country. And there is no way I would want this to be twisted into me disrespecting it. Far from it. What I've kind of thought about is, through human history, the most important thing is the safety of you and your, uh, let me say tribe without be- mm-hmm. becoming, you know, pejorative. But sure. And so the people who were best able to uh, figure out situations, who were able to analyze the risk, they were able to motivate people and were able to use limited resources, those are the people that survived, right? Mm -hmm. And so if my thought was, if you take the brightest of those people and you study how they went about coming to decisions, you might be able to learn something by that. Because, you know, a thousand years ago or 800 years ago, you know, they weren't arguing over, whether Ethereum was better than uh, Bitcoin Cash, right? No, they, were, no. they were thinking about something important, like how am I going to keep the guy next door from coming in and killing me and raping my mm-hmm. wife and eating my children, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, so what I've done is I've, I've I've tried to read about different things, and uh, I feel like focusing on how you make a decision no matter who you are is going to improve your quality of life. Mm -hmm. So what happens is, and this is going to take a little bit of artistic license, but uh, I think it'll be important to you now as a relatively new father. So 
I'm not going to get this exactly right, but it's close enough. So when children grow up and mature, their brain doesn't really get settled in until they're in their early 20s. And so that's just like a neurological process. But part of that is understanding, like, actions have consequences. Like, if I jump off the roof and I make it into the swimming pool, that's going to be a lot of fun. If I pull up short, that's going to be bad. But, you know, they don't really think about it that way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, 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 uh, I think back to being, you know, five or six years old, I remember this for some reason, but I was playing in uh, my room with my friend next door. I think his name was Jimmy Kaplan. But anyway, we were playing soldiers or something like that, and Jimmy was doing something. I picked up my metal airplane, and I hit him in the head, with the back of the head with this thing as hard as I could. And he went off screaming bloody murder, which which he should have. Assault. And they, and they came in, and it's like, why did you hit him? And I'm like, I, I don't know. His yeah, <laughs> and, his head was there. <laughs> yeah, well, like, but the, see, here's the thing, I I didn't know. Right. I still don't know why I hit him. It. it I liked him. We were fun. Mm -hmm. We were mm -hmm. okay. You know. And so, how many times of when you were young did you do something, and your parents were like, well, "What were you thinking?" It's like, mm -hmm. I, I don't know. Well, guess what? You you weren't. It, mm -hmm. At some point, that morphs into you don't want to tell them what you were thinking, right? And then down the road, you you learn you just don't do that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Whatever it was, okay. So um, what I found was in trading, when I sort of thought about the trade I was going into, I was always very cautious about looking at, you know, which way it could go, how far it could go, uh, you know, kind of think about the different paths the trade could take. And uh, I think that applies to so many things. There's mathematical ways to calculate decisions. That, and for, I think, for most people is probably beyond the scope of what they, not only what they could do, but what they really need to do. You know, uh, there's a great uh, mathematical problem I don't think has ever been solved. It's called the traveling salesman problem. It's how some guy goes from A to B to C D E most efficiently. And apparently, it's like great minds have been working on that for years. And uh, uh, they, they can't find an optimal solution. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that you just sort of, this is probably going to sound a little insane to you, but so let's say I'm in my house in Greenwich and I'm trying to decide where am I going to go to lunch? Mm -hmm. Well, I, I think about it. It's, it's sort of like if I drive down to Greenwich, I know it's going to be hard to park mm -hmm. and uh, it's probably going to be busy because you got uh, all of the businesses, the hedge funds down there, and the lawyers, you know, kind of waiting to get into places. Um, and 
you know, none of the food's all that good. (laughs) So it's sort of like, I don't know, though I could drive to Modern Barn, which is an Armonk, which uh, is pretty good, but you can park in back. Mm-hmm. And they got a nice fixed lunch, and but it, you know, it's a little bit of a longer thing. Or I can drive over to to the town center in Armonk, and mm-hmm. once again, you know, there's four or five choices there. So you know, I'm weighing these things are what's important to me right now. Clearly, you've got a person here on your hands, which is just a little bit too far down the rabbit hole. But uh, you know. How many times do, do people do things? They just they just make a snap decision without any thought behind it. Or and this is this is what I hit my kids with all the time. Make a conscious decision. Don't just sort of have something presented to you and go along with it like you got dragged along. Like, are you going to do it? Then do it. Don't kind of go into something without having a full commitment to it. And uh, I can tell already, I don't feel like I'm doing a really good job of explaining the significance of these things. But um, maybe over the course of this session and some others, we can pull on that thread a little bit. Um, Last week, we mentioned John Boyd, Mm -hmm. the the, uh, fighter pilot. And he developed this thing they called the ODA loop, O-O-D-A. I think it's observe, orient, decide, and act. I, th- I think that's what it is. Certainly, we can hit Google and, and find out. But basically, he found in air combat a way to uh, approach each encounter with an enemy. And that sequence of events people have taken and now they they teach at the Harvard Business School. So observe, like you come in, you, you see what's going on, you orient yourself. Maybe it's the other way around, but you know, you figure out where you're at, what's going on, you decide what you're going to do, and then you act upon it. And that's a, a great sequence for uh, the guys in the military. They, uh, the, the Gulf War, it was uh, Schwarzkopf. Schwarzkopf apparently put this whole plan together. And um, uh, the defense secretary uh, became vice president for Bush. Dick Cheney. Dick Cheney was the defense secretary. And he saw Schwarzkopf's plan, and he didn't like it. And he called in John Boyd. Boyd put together the the battle plan. At this point, he was a civilian, I think. Mm -hmm. And that was a huge sweeping victory in the the Gulf War because of John Boyd's way to to go about implementing, you know, a, uh, a tactical war. So, yeah. Yeah, no, you, um, I saw something just the other day. I saw, I don't know what it was, but somebody mentioned how they'll spend three hours reading reviews of a product online that they're going to purchase on Amazon. 
for 10 bucks. All right. You know, mm-hmm. you'll, they'll do a thorough, diligent research and obtain as much information as they can on that $10 project. But then when it comes to investing money and getting involved in, in, in the market, they, you know, I'll go with my gut and I like this and I, and I'll do that. The, you know, the difference in, in, analyzing and weighing their options and just the the time that they spend on making decisions. Well, here's, here's an interesting thing. I, one day we're going to learn, maybe one day we're going to venture out and do a, uh, I don't know. What's a podcast with video, Uh, um, a TV show. Yeah. I think that's a TV show. (laughs) Um, because I, I, I end up, uh, screen snapping, Mm -hmm. taking screenshots of lots of, lots of charts. Right. And uh, there's there was one that uh, I saw yesterday, and I had mentioned it to our friend Kevin. So I think it's fair to say the single purchase, the single largest purchase of uh, anyone's life is uh, their home. That's reasonable guess, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Easily. okay. So this chart said that, Sixty percent of first-time buyers put in bids without ever having seen the home physically. I believe it. Uh, yeah, I just yep stunned. How does right. that? Extend, well, can you? This is you, this has been coming for a while. All right, our friend, our friend Dudley. Okay, Dudley sold his house. To one of the to a professional athlete, baseball and the player. Ath- yeah, a baseball player, and the athlete's agent, I believe, walked through the house with the iPad on FaceTime, and that was good enough. And that's two, three years ago now. So, personally, having oh, personally, oh, 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 oh yeah, you, you didn't see you, it. Oh, do you think it's? Oh, maybe I misunderstood. So do you think maybe it's the technology is so good that people Part of feel it. like, okay. Part of it. But I also think that there's people like myself who have been shopping for a home. And in the, the way that it is now, if you see something, if you saw something, all right, I saw, you know, XYZ in Darien, it's listed at 750. We're going to make an offer today. You don't wait to go down and see it. You make that offer because someone else nowadays is making three or four better offers than you, and time is of the essence to okay. that degree. But, but I also think that they they're doing it online. Yeah. Okay. Or 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 is it if if they accept your bid, then you go see it. Yeah. It? Yeah. So yeah. it's a little bit of the the thing I love about the real estate market, which is it brings out the absolute worst in people's behavior. Oh yeah. Uh, well. It's quite a market right now, let me tell you. I would think so. I would think so. I, I, I mean, you, I think it's well known how I feel about real estate brokers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, but speaking of the real estate brokers and and buying houses, you made a smart play on your recent purchase regarding something that's hard to come by that I never would have thought of, but you you were savvy enough to get it kicked in on your deal, okay? The patio furniture. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know when you can get, a, you know how long it takes to get patio furniture right now? I, 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 it's, it's so funny you say that because, because we were here visiting, right? 
-hmm. So the whole story, we, we come visiting and out of the blue, we decide we're going to buy a house. And five days later, we bought a house, which mm -hmm. you know me. I mean, who, this is just like someone else, right? Right. So it gets, it sort of gets better. Uh, we're at uh, my daughter's in-laws and um, they're talking about how they ordered some outdoor stuff and it's like six to nine months mm -hmm. to get it. Okay. So Cheryl goes shopping for a house and she finds a house she likes. And um, uh, I see it online and I'm like, oh my God. I, I would be one of the guys to bid without, okay. So anyway, I come and see it. And without belaboring why I did this, I just said to the broker, I'll, I'll take it. They're like, well, what's your bid? I said, no, I'll, I'll take it. You know, what's your ask? That's your ask. I'll take it. And she's like, you got a deal. I said, yeah, just wait one minute. And she's like, okay, what? And I said, uh, you, you got to throw in the patio furniture. <laughs> Very savvy. Well, the, it, it. She said, "I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll throw in all the. I'll throw in all the furniture." <laughs> so, um, yeah, there's there's whether it's going to stick or not. Mm -hmm. There's inflation. Okay. Yep. Now, um, I, you know, I was on that podcast with our friend Kevin. I listened uh, to it. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and uh, I had mentioned about a person who uh, is in a home improvement business, and the clients were uh, not sensitive to price. They were very interested in uh, when can you get it done? When can you do it? And uh, it seems to me that the home repair stuff is extraordinarily price sensitive. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's say guy needs a new roof. You know, I, 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 I those are expensive. Yeah, and, lumber's at all time high. And so, unless you're pretty flush, mm -hmm. aren't you going to kind of think about the price a bit? Or it used uh, to be like that. Yeah. Well, there's. There's a lot of cash. I and I have a friend uh, who uh, has a few restaurants. He's he's gotten these massive PPP loans. Mm -hmm. He's sitting on a, a round figure of uh, of that. And then uh, um, a friend who is familiar with the original equipment uh, manufacturer stuff. The guys that make parts for. Mm -hmm. machines and cars and trucks and they there's shortages and they're going to be there's going to be shortages for a while so um i i i'm starting to really think you're going to see some pretty significant price pressures and um one thing and and i had a conversation with somebody who's pretty bright last night i think there's a very real chance you could see the price of gasoline shoot up pretty dramatically. Um, as it's already this, happened. Is that right? Oh yeah, it went from two fifty to three oh nine in six weeks. Okay, which well, we yeah. haven't seen three oh nine in twenty months. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's twenty percent, right? 
Yeah, in the blink of an eye, Morris. That's that's a tax. That's a that's a effectively a tax, right? Yeah. So, um, what's going to happen is I I think there's going to be more people trying to get out and about, uh, feeling a little bit more comfortable, venturing for little holidays, yeah. um, but not willing to do the the nonsense of the checking in at the airport. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, people have lost their freaking minds. So for instance, there were, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm very sensitive to this because of my religion. Um, but it wasn't a month ago, there was a bunch of uh, Hasidic Jews kicked off. Was it a Southwest? I didn't or, see it. Or, okay. There were like, a family of Hasidic Jews yeah. were thrown off the plane because the infant didn't Come have on. a mask on. No, and um, they interviewed people once everyone was off the flight because they canceled the flight. And one guy said, the, uh, the, the, um, the flight attendants were high-fiving each other. Come like, on. look what we did to those guys. So, you know, does it make you want to get on an airplane? Um, no, and even worse, did you see this thing down in Florida where four women jumped out of a car at Popeye's Chicken? <laughs> did you see this? I did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, that that gave. Uh, so for if you don't know what I'm talking about, four women got out of a car, and we saw this because the guy in the the uh, drive-through line was taking it on his cell phone. They got out of the car and they're punching and spitting at the woman. I, th- I think there's a woman, mm-hmm. you know, kind of cashier. And they're grabbing the food and they're reaching in the um, the cash register's taking the money. And um, I mean, I I've heard of smashing grabs. Yep. But yep. for fried chicken. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's Florida. So, you know, Florida is an entity in its own, as we all know. Um, yeah, there's so, there's some pent up. There's pent up energy in the country. That's is, a nice uh, way of putting it. How about that? Yeah. There's some pent up energy. Um, no, but the uh, but the patio furniture and the people not blinking at the price and the price of gas going up quietly. Uh, uh, is that all? Smoke, if there's smoke, there's fire. Is that the economy coming back to life? And is it going to roar back to life? Um, good question. I don't think so. If okay. you're looking at a, a 12 or 18 month forward. The the reason is this. Okay. So um, there's plenty of cash around for most people. So we go back to this K-shaped recovery right? If you don't have any money and you're very poor, you don't have any money. But if you have any kind of money and you haven't lost your job, all of a sudden things look pretty good. Why? Well, if you have, if you own anything, if you own a house, if you own a stock, you own a bond, you're up. And that, that is definitely affects people's psychology. That's number one. Number two, um, if you take me out of the mix, who's so far COVID bought a, a sports car in a house, most people 
aren't spending any money. They can't go anywhere, right? Mm -hmm. So the money's coming in and they're not spending it. And so this is the first recession in the history of mankind where there's been a recession and household wealth has gone up. Mm -hmm. Why is that? It's because the government has taken and filled the holes. And not only have they filled the holes, I read an estimate that um, if you say the lost wages of the pandemic are X, the government has passed out 4X, four times. Yeah. And uh, so what happens is some people take that money and they spend it Mm because they need to. Some take people take that money and they invest it. Seen the stock market and the bond markets go up, but ultimately, you got to pay back the money. And what I'm trying to pretty ineptly get to is the fact that there was a real loss because people were stuck at home for six months, nine months, a year, right? Mm-hmm. And the loss was that businesses closed or people were less productive or whatever. It's just the engine stopped. It, in a lot of ways, I would say it's the equivalent of a, of a hurricane and wiping Florida off the map. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you rebuild it and yeah, you know, uh, poor people, a bunch of poor people died and it's a disaster. And but the government writes a check, and all of a sudden Florida pops back up, and they're back on Miami Beach at three a.m. You know, yeah. Uh, boop, 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 boop. But but the point is, the it was a loss, and somehow that loss has to get has to get paid for, either by reduced consumption or uh, uh, taxes or you know yeah. a few things. But but it's. Basically, I see what we're going to experience now is the uh, sugar high growth followed by the getting back to sort of normal with people's lives having been upended and having to deal with the intended side effects. You know, mm-hmm. the, the, the person that's been sitting at home for nine months worrying about their job, like, trying to go back to normal or the kids that have been isolated for a year. And, uh, you know, so I, I have a little bit of a window into Canada because mm-hmm. their kids up in uh, the middle of the country, they're sending them back home. They're lo- they're, they're doing remote schooling again. Cause the numbers are going up again. Yeah, the numbers are going up again. And, uh, uh, the numbers in Europe are going up again, and uh, I know there's a lot of panic here because there's variants and this and that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I don't know. I'm 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 not. I'm in the 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 cohort that you know people get this. You don't necessarily get better, right? So, I, yeah. but I don't want to seem too cavalier about it. But once I get the shot, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna wash my hands mm-hmm. and. Uh, um, I, you know, I, it's possible if things are a little sketchy, uh, I'll wear a mask at a fish concert mm-hmm, and go mm-hmm. to the show, something like yeah. that. But, uh, I, I don't think 
anybody has priced in the uh, the outcome of the psychology damage to people that we've experienced. So, you think people are going to save money like the uh, like grandma or like great grandma that lived through the depression and you know that really scarred her financial habits for life in the sense of those people that live through that. Um, you know, you, like you said, it's been, a, it's been a year of, of dramatic change in people's lives and spending habits. Um, you think they hunker down after they get there? You think they have their sugar high, they go out and then they say, all right, let's get back to the way that it was when it was closed. And your, your social life has been cut in half and, and you're not doing any of the things that you did before. I, I don't think there's, first of all, I don't have any unique insight into this. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, so I just want to go out. Unlike most people in my business, they, they claim to know everything. Um, uh, I think that there's going to be a large number of different behaviors, but a finite number, meaning, mm-hmm. you know, are you talking about a 22 year old male? that, you know, has missed going bowling and drinking beer with his buddies on Wednesday night. Yeah, I, I you know, I think he's going to be excited to get back to doing that. I, you know, is the, the social interaction between, you know, dating and people wanting to get married mm-hmm. and wanting to have children and people like buying houses and all those things, uh, you know, it's it's very different you you get the uh some people are going to be like it's over thank god i'm going to live life to its fullest uh i'm going to you know go out of this thing toes up with a, a red number in my bank account i don't care and there's going to be some people that are like we're wondering where their next meal was coming from and you know, the fact that uh, Congress took six weeks to get them their checks and it's like they're begging friends for money and food, you know, those people yeah. are probably going to be a little bit tighter with the, so I, you know, I, I just, I just don't know. But when we go back to the decision-making process, the Donald Rumsfeld thing, which he was loudly lambasted for when he said it, I was shocked because I thought it was genius. He said, you have known knowns, known unknowns, and unknown unknowns. The unknown unknown. And that's sort of what I'm getting at with this thing, which is, um, as you know, uh, I've been very cautious investing since February of last year. And uh, probably in hindsight, a little too cautious but I'm, I'm okay with that. And uh, I think, you know, the next six or nine months is going to provide us with a lot of clarity about what the government's going to do, um, how people are going to behave. And um, I tell you what, I would say to you, I can con- give you a convincing argument based on any outcome you would like 
you want me to kind of mm-hmm. debate why we're going to have strong growth and everything's going to be fine? I can I can cobble that together for you. You want to tell me that we're going to have poor growth and civil unrest? I got that one covered for you. Um, there's a saying, and uh, um, I don't know if I've used it here, but I know I've told Kevin, as it relates to the market, which is flat is a position two, mm-hmm. meaning you don't have to be long, you don't have to be short, you can be flat. And uh, you keep asking me, do I have any FOMO? Because, you know, the diamond hands and the rocket ships to Mars, and mm-hmm. you got, you know, <laughs> I, I have to say it, and maybe I get sued, but crazy Kathy calling for Tesla to be and this is why we didn't even get to talk about the ev stuff so so it's we we're 46 minutes 47 minutes in okay let's let's take five more minutes okay keep going because um one of uh our mutual friends kevin Mm -hmm. listens to this thing he says before he goes to bed on Mm -hmm. sunday night okay and so he said uh, a couple weeks ago he was mad at us you and me because we got him so wound up he couldn't fall asleep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. So um, here's this. And uh, it's a question that Kevin can answer that you and I can't. Okay. So uh, let's say, for instance, round numbers, they sell 16 million cars in the United States a year. Mm-hmm. That's depending on the state of the economy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's just say, okay. So you can probably figure out how much you can make by selling 16 million cars in the industry, right? So the mm-hmm. industry has revenues of this, expenses of this, and a profit of this. Okay. I'll bet you if you go out and you short every single one of these things, Ford, GM, Chrysler, Porsche, not Ferrari. Ferrari got set aside. Um, Tesla, Nikola, Volkswagen, Volkswagen yeah. Lansdowne. What is, is that? Lansdowne Lord, Motors? Lordstown. Lordstown. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but uh, so now we've shorted every car company. Okay. Right? Yep. I'm saying that ultimately all of those companies in aggregate are way more than the present value of what they're ever going to make selling cars. There's so much hype built into this stuff right mm-hmm. now. And and by the way, you you know we have two electric vehicles and a third mm-hmm. one on order. Okay. I, I I think they're great, but I know. You know, one day someone's going to wake up and understand maybe they're not as good for the environment as everyone where, did, did you get a did you get solar panels and a windmill for your house in Scottsdale? What do you where's the electricity coming to charge that thing? I, there's a panel in the room. No, um, you know, we uh, for the first time in my life, we live in a, a community where there's a HOA Homeowners Association, mm-hmm. and um, I got to be careful. Mm-hmm. I'll just say there's sort of a police presence oh yeah not police presence but a police presence Mm -hmm. um and so uh like we have a back gate here 
mm-hmm. where they like deliver the Amazon packages and stuff. And if they leave the uh, the door open, the dogs run out. Mm-hmm. And now, like we're in the desert, right? And these are not desert dogs, so. But yeah. um, anyway, we thought get a little sign that says, "Please don't let the dogs out." Mm-hmm. And you know, you've been to my house. We're not mm-hmm. ostentatious people. Right. We right. we look at this little, and, and it's almost camouflage, right? Mm-hmm. No, you can't put nope. that up. No Absolutely not. Nope, it's a pretty slope. <laughs> What's next? You know, yeah. yeah. So you, you had to you had to to suggest you had to to apply for that. You had to file an application for your sign, or it was just immediately the message got to you that that was Cheryl. Cheryl sent an email and sight unseen. <laughs> they said no signs. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. So anyway, so basically, we've sat here for fifty minutes and yep. we've talked about nothing. That's fine. No, it was a good session. No, I, uh, I enjoyed chatting with you, but I, 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 I mean, I, I've been a little bit humbled with the positive feedback we have received, and I feel like for what people pay for this service in terms of time, right? <laughs> right. That uh, we should give them something of value. So you just told them to short the whole auto industry. So there, you know, they can I, take. I told them they should run the analytic. Okay. <laughs> right. So. Right. Um, we should, before we go, give people the email, which is inside baseball cast at Gmail. And uh, you can keep the anonymous critiques coming. Um, inside baseball cast at gmail.com. And you got to thank your boy, Kevin, because every time you go on his show and you plug this show, the chart turns into a hockey stick. Yeah. And uh, it's it, he's he's obviously a powerful force. He's uh, you know those Canadians. They uh, up until the last couple of months, they were the adults in the room. I, I they've you know they've they've had a little internal turmoil. But uh, we're going to pray for them because yes. they're good people. And, they are. Uh, so anyway, um, all right, pal. Well, let's do EVs next week because I would sure. like. To- to discuss them in length um and i'm glad that you are a card carrying ev guy um yeah i'd love to talk about them i would love to talk about them. boring week in the market right i don't care anything about jay powell like that i could have gone to sleep i didn't need to watch that on thursday that was all predictable no 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 no, no. i i watched that i okay you did i I was i was riveted i was the dot plot you're into the dot plot dude it's what he said about the dot plot Okay. Basically, the dot. Don't look. It was basically yeah. don't look at the dot plot. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. In, in in all of my experience, I don't recall a Fed chairman being so aggressively dovish. Uh, it, it's yep. and and I didn't. I, so I was talking to Kevin Muir on his podcast yesterday. So I didn't see something. Powell wrote an op-ed, I think, to the Wall Street Journal saying, you know, we're there for the American people. And, like, to quote that famous movie line, um, well, there's two. There's the they've gone to 11 or Mm -hmm. they've gone full retard. Right, right, right. And, and, you know, you never go full retard, right? Right, right, right. 
Um, he killed that press conference on Thursday, though. They said I I saw some reviews saying that yeah. that was by far the best press conference. Everything the way he worded it and responded to some of those annoying questions. He, the, he the, just the, the, yeah, I I was uh, a pro. The first of all, the questions. If any of those reporters are listening, you're obtuse, <laughs> and 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 I mean that in the strictest definition of the word. They asked him the same question five different ways. Mm-hmm, and, he, mm-hmm. and this is what's important. We're really running over here, but I, I want to make this point. Okay. Yeah. So the, for people who don't know what we're talking about, the dot plot, after every Fed meeting, they put out a, a, a chart or a graph, whatever you want to call it, where the Fed governors think rates are going to be down the road, which is based on their economic forecasts. And so what market professionals will do is they will look at that and try and glean something about the Fed's future behavior. And what it showed in this dot plot was, let's say sometime in 2023, some of the Fed governors thought rates would be higher. Mm -hmm. Why this was so important, what Paul said was, was, we aren't making monetary policy decisions based on forecasts. Mm-hmm. We're making them based on actual results. Now, if you want to be uh, a second derivative thinker, why is that really significant? So the Fed has a dual mandate, full employment, mm-hmm. stable inflation centered around 2%. Okay, so here's a little inside baseball thing that I don't think people have fully appreciated, okay? Mm-hmm. So up until the last few months, specifically with the change in the administration, their definition of full employment has changed. And maybe it's obvious to everybody, and I think I'm a genius, or maybe some people are are missing this, but full employment used to be, you know, unemployment rate, period. But what they're talking about now is looking at the unemployment rate in ethnic cohort, meaning, and I want to be careful how I say this. Mm -hmm. One is because there's a lot of political correctness, and I don't want to come off as a jerk when I don't mean to be. I I just need to figure out a way to say this properly. But you have different ethnicities, okay, have different unemployment rates. Mm -hmm. So you may have ethnicity A has a 2% unemployment rate and ethnicity E has a 14%. Okay. What's important about this is they're now going to look and say, well, we can't have A at 2% and you know the other one at 14%, mm-hmm. which means they're going to keep the economy, they're going to keep conditions pressed very accommodatively to get that 14% unemployment rate down. And... I think they've jumped the shark on this thing because what happens when, you know, one is a 2% and the other goes from 14% to 6% and 
and then they say, okay, we're good. Well, mm. wait a minute. Why is, why is these guys at six and these guys at two? Why mm -hmm. should everyone, why should anyone be any different? Right. And, right, and, right. and so now you've opened another kettle of fish, but it, and it's very, it's a very complicated feedback loop, which I haven't really finished yet. But anyway, this was the kind of thing that to me, when I finished going through the, the, the press conference really resonated with me was this notion of not looking at forecasts to make monetary decisions and yet looking at, and, and, and two of the reasons, the, the purposes or their goals, the inflation and the unemployment, the unemployment part is really way trickier now than it was. And so therefore I think people got to put their thinking cap on a little bit and, uh, um, Unknown unknowns. Yeah, yeah. And that's, but that's time. I mean, you're talking 2022, 2023. Yeah. Before any of that even comes into the discussion, right? Well, markets are forward looking things. Mm -hmm. The Fed may be looking at today to make its decisions, but, you know, when people are figuring out the price of these different investments, they look at the interest rate. At what rate to discount the cash flows back at? So, you know, it's, people are constantly, you know, re-underwriting their investments, and mm -hmm. and and so uh, the outcome is clearly not up until twenty two or twenty three, but <clears throat> the debate I think is going to have to start relatively soon. Got it. All right, well, let's pick it up next week, and uh, we can chew on this again on Sunday. I'd love to. All right, pal, enjoy. It's been yeah. uh, it's been a pleasure. Do you have anything else before we go? No, just it's. Uh, I like this setup we have where we're talking and I can see you. Oh yeah, so, you know, don't get you don't jinx it before I hit the stop. No, I, 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 it's like I don't even touch the keyboard. All right. All right. <laughs> All, All right, right pal. pal. Enjoy your well, week. I'll talk to you soon. Thank take you, Morris. Care. So long.